Hello and welcome to episode 123 of the True Achievements podcast, pre-E3 special. Joining me today, I'm here with Dave. Hello. Hello, Dave. Are you excited? I am. Nearly here. I've uh, been getting my sleep ready, plenty of sleep and ready for the next Oh, have you? I've neglected <laughs> my sleep. Um, and I'm also here with Jack. Hello. Hello. There's lots of excitement around the office at the moment. E3 plans are in full swing. We'll come on to that in a bit. But first, before we go into E3 madness, let's talk about probably the game of the week. Our review's just gone up. Uh, I've been playing it too, and that is Onrush. Dave, you did the review. Yep. Do you want to give us a quick lowdown for those that haven't read it? Okay, so it's a pretty crazy mental game that fuses the arcadiest of kind of racing where every crazy flips and you don't really have to do anything you just land on your wheels it seems like automatically and there's all the slow motion smashes of like a burnout game and all that craziness mixed with like a a hero style shooter like (laughs) overwatch which is quite sounds weird and probably rubbish (laughs) <laughs> um, at first I think it takes a bit of getting your head in like around what's actually happening I played the beta like I cut was it like a couple of weeks before release and I was really excited for the game played the beta and I was like oh. <laughs> this isn't as good as I thought and then it was similar when I was playing like the, the actual review version I played about five games and I was like this doesn't seem really that good and then kind of something clicked and it's all about you've got a team it's two teams of six and it, you got to, you have special forces that you kind of build up over time by using boost, which you earn like in any other arcade racer by flipping and jumping and going near yeah, the people knocking, and knocking crashing. Out other people. Mm. And then you build up an extra level of boost that's called rush. And when that's triggered, rather than just being like a super boost, it'll support your team or it'll damage enemy cars within range. But there's kind of like that, rock, paper, scissors kind of gameplay where, like, say, for example, one of them's a motorbike that's really nippy and the rush on that one will suck the boost out of other cars, enemy yeah. cars near you, so it'll slow them down. But to do that, you've got to be near them and because you're a motorbike, you can get knocked off really easy. So there's, like, a balance between which one you use and it's got its strengths and weakness. So there's only eight vehicles, so I think they've balanced it really well where it seems fair. Yeah. Yeah, so there's six car types, although some of them are like Jeeps or buggies. Yeah. And then there's two motorbikes. And when you're on the motorbikes, you can do additional tricks. So you've got a trick button on X, uh, so you can earn boost that way as well. Because you do feel a little bit underpowered when you've got huge cars smashing <laughs> yeah. around. Really. So, so what's the actual goal of an well, event? Well, that's what it? I was going to say. So there's, there's lots of different event types, none of which is a race. Okay. So at, at no point in this game, in this racing game, are you expected to actually win a race? Yeah. Which is a bit. Which is the first thing that sort of makes you confused about the entire game. <laughs> what the yeah. point of it is. Um, so some of them will be. Uh, well, Dave, what are the main types? There's switch, which is where you've got every every car has lives, um, or every every teammate has lives. And every time you knock, you take them down, they have to switch to a car, and they normally have four lives. And when they've run out of lives. Uh, you, you you knock them out effectively and you have to knock all, all of the opposition out. So that's a simple one. There are some which are like capture the flag almost. So there's a moving zone that moves around and you have to stay within the zone to capture it just like you would on any sort of shooter game as well. But it moves at a fair old lick. <laughs> it's, it's quite hard to ca- even catch it up at times, let alone stay in it. Yeah. 
they're probably the more interesting or more different ones. There's one where you're passing through gates. Oh, yeah, of course. And yeah, that's like a, a standard one. You've got a timer that's counting down from the beginning of the race. I think both teams start with 30 seconds. And every time yeah. one of your team or yourself passes through this zone, you get like a couple of seconds added on. And then yeah. it, you've got a kind of, it, it's good because the more of you that go through it, the wider the gate gets for general Yeah, so cars it's harder behind. if you're at the front. Yeah. In fact, all the little tweaks like that are absolutely brilliant. It's fair to say this game is trying to do stuff that no other racing game has done before, and doing it all in one game is a, as you say, initially, I think it, people are like, whoa, I've literally got no idea what is going on. But in this I game. said to you, didn't I? Like, we were talking over Slack, and we, like you said, like, what do you think? And you were saying, oh, I'm really enjoying it. And I was like, I feel like I've done everything after five races. But then something just clicked. I don't know why or how, but I kind of got the mechanics of the game, and then it just became. A bit more yeah. interesting because I, I was yeah, still I was still deep, trying to race to the front all the time. It's just your your natural thing natural, is to head yeah. to the front, and then what happens is there's like a, on the track there's these other AI cars that are called fodder. So they, they're just there to be smashed up basically, and every time you smash into one of them, you gain a bit of boost. But what it does is it kind of sticks them all together in a pack. So if you're racing off to the front, you'll find that you won't have many of these to get. So you kind of constantly try to find one so you can get a bit more extra boost so you like driving slow. But if you're at the back, there's loads of them and then there's all the other cars, so it's sm- action everywhere. And it's like... Yeah. It's like doing it's, a shooter. It's very clever rubber banding. The yeah. whole game is very well tweaked for rubber banding. I guess that's why they did the beta because there's quite a lot of people confused by the beta. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's brilliant. I've really, really enjoyed it. We've given it an 8 out of 10, which seems to be... Or sorry, a 4 out of 5, which seems to be pretty much bang on average. I think it's hovering around 82, 83 on Metacritic at the moment. But I really enjoyed it. I, I, I think the, the difficulty level really cranks up as you get into the later worlds. I think there's six sort of worlds of, of races to do. And every race has different objectives that allow you to progress further. And they might not be anything to do with even winning the event. So some of them will be like, you need to make sure you on those gate where you've got to pass through the gates, you might need to get at least 50 gates in the game or you might need to do three tricks or various other things. And if you complete any of the objectives, you get points which open up more races and more worlds eventually. So it's it's so not a racing game. <laughs> it's the weirdest <laughs> racing game that there is because it's not about racing at all. But it, at, at the same time, it's super fast. Like You can get some serious speed. It sounds bizarre uh, with the kind of engine and game they've built. You think they'd just tr- chuck traditional racing in it's just a thing to do as well. It's a really good engine. I mean, it looks fantastic. Uh, it's fair to say the presentation of the game, all the in-between bits, like when you win, all of the, they're very much as Dave was saying about the Overwatch style, there's like an MVP that it shows different criteria at the end of the thing and everyone does a little like a dab or a little backflip or something <laughs> if they are MVP or they've taken the most, um, caused the most damage or they've had the most near misses or there's just a million and one stats that they pop up randomly. And it works really, really well. I think the game will probably come into its own on the multiplayer. We were playing it before release. There wasn't that many people online. But the the harder levels really need proper teamwork because the guys on your team, the AI guys, are not really up to much, especially on the later levels. Yeah. So it does require proper online. I suppose with the different vehicle types as well, that becomes a, it introduces a little bit more strategy. Like some people on bikes are Definitely. needed, some people in Definitely. cars. Because of the rush stuff. So some of you might have really defensive rush stuff and some of you really have might have really offensive rush stuff. So one of them like lays 
effectively walls behind you every like 500 yards or something there's a big wall and if your team can go through it fine but it's colored to match your team so if any of the opposition hit it they just massively slow down well, that, so that's obviously quite an offensive one, but you've got you've got ones that give boost to everyone that's around you that's on your team, and you'll see these huge like almost like lightning forks coming out of one of the cars that's coloured to match their team, and it, it sort of connects to all the other cars. It's really cool. The, the graphics are amazing. They're really really unique, and they've put in so many different ideas into this. And they've all got um, like, a way of earning extra rush a bit quicker. Like the, Rich said, the bikes can do tricks, but again, they're always like doing something a little bit risky. Like yeah. say, like the really big heavy vehicles, they're obviously a bit slower, and they earn like the rush by being close, to, you know, close to other cars. So you've got to kind of drive reckless and not care about potentially skidding off a corner or something just to try and earn a little bit extra and get that little advantage. So there's always like a do I do it or do I wait a bit and play it safe. Yeah. I think it's really well designed that there's lots of different tracks um, across different worlds, but they're very open. They're like, you know, you've got loads of different options of where you can drive. They're nice and wide. Um, but then they funnel down into into little clutch points where everybody gets pushed together at the same time. And it's 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 a fast game, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot going on at all times. It's quite intense. And you mentioned different worlds. Does it kind of mix the environments up drastically between, or um, quite similar? So it does. No, do. they are quite different. Each world is set like a season, so there's a lot of different maps. Like there's like a you'll be driving around a beach, or you're through forest, and then they set like seasons. So the first one's like spring, and if like if you take the time to look, you'll notice you'll play the same track, but over the four worlds, and it'll start off, and it'll be like. You know, flowers blooming, and then it'll be summer, and it'll be dead lush, and then it'll get to <laughs> autumn, and it's all going brownie, and then winter, there's snow everywhere and stuff, and they change as you go through the game. If you actually look, like it's probably not that yeah. obvious. There's so much detail that's gone into this game. There's even things like tombstones. So if you if you die uh, anywhere around the track, you'll leave a tombstone, and then you can come and pick that up um, on the next thing. It gives you a load of extra boost. Yeah, it's kind okay. of like the, but you can't um, touch other people's tombstones. So it's almost you? like reclaiming the rush that you've built. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can, yeah, exactly. You can pick up other people's tombstones. It's like um, in Battlefield, you know the dog tags. Like if you do that, it's kind of like that. They're all over the map, but some of them, one of the cars, their kind of little ability is if you die and somebody hits your tombstone, it'll blind them instead of giving them an extra. Yeah, you literally boost. can't see for about twenty seconds. It's impossible <laughs> yeah. to do anything. Um, so, yeah. so it's loads and loads of little ideas like that. There's there's um there's loot crates that you earn after every time you level up your character that give you um like little dances or maybe different shells for your cars. There's tons and tons of stuff, and they're like half of them are labelled as rare or common, and <laughs> it's just like so much depth of this game. Yeah, um, sounds like a million good ideas from other games just mixed yeah, into I, one. I, and I don't know whether they're all brilliant ideas, but they've yeah. just tried to put loads of new stuff into it, which is I, you've got to applaud them for the, for the effort. And I think if they, I don't know whether they'll go down the um, Overwatch model and sort of constantly tweak the existing game, or when On Rush Two comes out in a you know eighteen months time or two years time, they'll know what's really worked and what hasn't, and they'll. But yeah, I've got to applaud them. I've not seen a racing game try and do so many different new things all at once before, and it's. It's not going to be for everyone, but if you want something different, um, I, I, I can't recommend it enough. I think it, it's ace. And I think really to to get the completion, you're probably going to need to go online and play with friends as well, which is going to add to the enjoyment factor. Yeah. How many achievements have you got, Dave? I've got, I think, three or four left. It, it, like Rich said, the difficulty for the 
like this campaign mode really, really ramps up crazy. And it, it's obvious that they've made the game for co-op. Because yeah. your AI are pretty useful. And early on, you can go off doing your own thing and just race, and you'll probably still win anyway. Then later on, you got to start trying to use a bit of strategy. But the last thing is just crazy like if I, i've spoke to a couple of people who've done it and they said like just get a couple of friends in it it's yeah easy. yeah you'll you'll rattle through the first i mean the first couple of goes you have it really it's really generous isn't it with the achievements i think oh, yeah. I, I think there's like five in the first, in the first race isn't yeah <laughs> yeah it's which like i love press boost the first time and crash the first time and stuff like that so you get loads and then it kind of slows down but it's it's not particularly a long game i reckon if you add somebody to play with through the campaign to do that the more difficult stuff, then yeah. you probably be done in what 10, 15 hours easy. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, I recommend it. Dave recommends it. Uh, if you like racing games, especially arcade racing games, and even if you like stuff like Overwatch, I mean, you know, that like Forza Horizon 3 appeals to a lot of people that don't like racing games. I think this game is going to appeal to a lot of people that don't like racing games, and I think it won't appeal to some that do, <laughs> ironically. Um, but give it a go. I don't know if there's um, the beta's obviously shut now. There's no demo or anything, is there? Um, but it's it's quality game, quality game, and well done for doing something different. Apart from that, has anyone played anything else? Dave, you've been playing Skate Three up to uh, up to the minute. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'll go, we'll come on to the reasons why in the news bit. But yeah, I jump back on, and I, it's not a game that I'm very good at. To be honest, it, no, it kind of ties me thumbs in knots. But got a couple of achievements quite easy, and then there was some for doing. Do you know like, I mean, Jack probably laughs when I say I'm struggling at doing some of these like 10,000 point tricks and stuff. So, it, but I, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. Do you know that, like, oh, nearly, and then dying, and then like, it's got a really good thing where you can tag an area on the map. So, say that, like, the guide will say, do the jump from this place. You can tag it. So, then if you mess it up, you can just press, I think it's LB and up, and it puts you straight back there to give it another go. And you can just constantly keep going until you finally get there. So, I was pretty chuffed with myself for getting. I think there was one for 10,000 point trick, one for a 30,000 point run, and then one for doing some stupid trick where he kind of puts the skateboard above his head and does like a backflip and then lands it. So, yeah, I was pretty chuffed with myself. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I just wanted to mention that I've started the new DLC for Far Cry 5, which is called Hours of Darkness. It's set in Vietnam. It's very different to the main game. You basically have to get from one side of the map to the other, but it's a lush jungle and it's very mountainous, so you can't just travel in a direct line. You've got to you've got to wiggle around. It sort of guides you which way you've got to go. But it looks like it's actually quite a long process to get from one side of the map to the other. And as you as you go through, um, you'll come across villages, and it's got a really unique system. So if you manage to kill someone without alarming them. So you kill someone, sneak up behind them and, and um, take them down. You will get one perk pop up and you can get up. There's a maximum of four. So if you can kill four people in a row without getting spotted, uh, which is not as easy as it sounds, because sometimes you walk into a village and there's 20 Viet Cong wandering around, you'll get all four. And basically those perks help you kill people more stealthily. So they'll make you quieter or they'll make you uh, be able to run faster while crouched or... Uh, increase the range of your takedown. So all of that stuff, once you get up to four stars, as long as you can keep it like that, you, you'll find the game considerably easier. And, and do you keep those perks until you either die until or you're spotted? Are spotted. Okay. Yeah, until you're spotted, so you don't keep it long. Uh, I've managed to keep it going for about... There's actually an achievement for doing 25 stealth kills while you have the four survival instant perks active. 
So yeah, you don't you don't actually keep it that long. And even when you're just wandering around the terrain and you're not close to a village or um, an anti-aircraft gun, there's just guys wandering around. And, and actually, they're running around in little teams. So it's really easy just to stumble onto those guys. So you need to you need to be aware of that. Uh, I mentioned the anti-aircraft guns. It's got a really cool feature where you can call in an airstrike. So you'll come towards a village and there'll be, say, 10 guys wandering around the middle of it. If you can lob a couple of stones in and cluster them together, you can then get your binoculars out and there's an option to call in an airstrike. And then suddenly this this plane will fly over and this huge uh, explosion will happen in the middle of the village and it will kill most of the people. So that's really cool. And you get, I think you get four of those to start with, but for doing more stuff, you get given extra ones. Um, The problem comes where there's nine anti-aircraft guns scattered across the map. And as soon as you're in range of one of those, then you can't use the airstrike. So you need to go and take out the anti-aircraft gun uh, with a bit more sneaky sneaky. And there's also three captive prisoners, US soldiers that have been captive that are across the map as well. So the sort of side objective is to rescue those as you go across the map. Uh, and if you rescue them, then they'll join you and fight with you. So um, I think it's probably three or four hours to get across the whole map and do everything while you're on the way. And that unlocks another difficulty level. Um, and there's an achievement for doing that and then that unlocks another difficulty level and there's an achievement for doing that so although it doesn't actually look like that much content when you when i popped up the map i was like oh, i've got to get from there to there and that's the whole that's the whole bit of dlc actually because of the windy nature of the of the terrain and because you've got effectively got to do it three different three different times i think there's a reasonable amount of content there and it's very different to the main game so uh, i would recommend it i've probably played it for about an hour and a half but really enjoying it so far um, Jack, you're also playing an old game? Yeah, well, uh, kind of old. Um, so it's a game that came out on Games with Gold ages ago, and I've had it on my account, never started it, because uh, it had a really high TA. It's got 12,000 TA. Wow. It's uh, Trackmania Turbo. And this is a notoriously difficult racing game, but very fast-paced. You're in almost an F1 car, you're on super crazy tracks, almost Hot Wheels-esque with like loops and stuff, uh, big jumps. And it's all about going quick and trying to beat the time on the level. And so it appeals to the kind of trials nature. Yeah, exactly. So I churned through that. I think I've played 30 of the levels out of 200. And I've got 11 achievements for 165 gamer score. It's good fun though so far. Excellent. Okay, uh, let's talk about streams. Last week you played... A really interesting looking platformer with a pinball mechanic. Yeah, so this was Yoko's Island Express. And it's the first of its kind, I guess. It's a pinball adventure game. <laughs> and you play a little kind of beetle. You're attached to a ball on the string, but you're actually just controlling the ball. Uh, you can roll around the map. Uh, it's quite a big map. And then you'll come to a section that has paddles and flippers. Uh, you've got the left trigger and the right trigger to control them as you'd expect. And you've got to, each section is different, but it's kind of either hit key parts of the um, level or hit something that will trigger some keys to appear, then collect all of the keys and that will remove a barrier and open up other sections. As you're rolling around, you collect um, little fruit pieces and you come to paddles, which look like they're kind of stone and you can't actually control those. But if you roll over them, you can spend the fruit pieces that you've collected to unlock the paddle, and that give, that um, unlocks the kind of progression, allows you to progress further in the level. Um, it's a super cool concept. 
when I first read about it, I thought that's never going to work. But as soon as I as soon as I played it, I was hooked. It was really good fun. Um, the graphical style was really nice, um, and it seemed like it had quite a bit of content there. It started slowly introducing more mechanics. Um, so at first, you were just playing pinball, and then you, um, suddenly you'd have a kind of ball that you could hit on the screen, which would put slugs around the arena. Then you could suck up the slugs and you could use those to blow up walls and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really good. Good fun. Yeah, I like the look of it when I saw it. We managed five achievements for 180 gamer score in our with it, which wasn't bad. And then you played another platformer, more of a puzzle game though. Yeah, we moved on to Shift Quantum. And this is definitely puzzly. Um, the Kind of a platform, but more puzzly, as you, as you said. But um, you basically control a little guy. You're moving across a world. It's 2D, 3D. And you can push pretty much any button. And that shifts the world. And at the point you shift, your character kind of punches the floor, flips the screen 180 degrees. And all of the platforms that were white on the screen become areas that you can actually stand in. And everything that wasn't um, taken up by a platform becomes a platform. So yeah. you kind of shift everything about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you have premises to get from point A to point B. Uh, there was a loose overarching story. Occasionally you'd come across some little kid that was running away from you. So I don't know what the plot is there. It's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And it sounds like a super simple concept when you kind of a simple concept but it's mind-bending some of the puzzles and some of the things it introduces later on rather than just having the level and being able to shift you have boxes that you can move around the environment and that allows you to almost join masses together and yeah, that would make sense, yeah. stuff like that so then you can merge into them and traverse further introduces buttons later on as well um, if you push a button it will make a platform disappear uh, it, it, yeah, it's just mind-bending. Really good fun again, though. And it gave okay. achievements away like there's no tomorrow, which is always Excellent. nice. It felt like we were progressing. <laughs> 13 <laughs> achievements for 370 gamer score. That is a hefty, hefty amount. Yep. Okay, and then yesterday you played Zam Redux. Yeah, so this was a... It was kind of like a tower defense game. Um, each of the levels, you had a reactor or a couple of reactors on the level, you'd have to hack these reactors. As soon as you started hacking a reactor, it just sent in loads of enemies. You had to use your abilities to fight off the enemies, and then it was a rinse and repeat. That's pretty much the entire game. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> okay. found it super difficult at first, but we accidentally started on level 19 as opposed oh, to wow, level okay. 1. Interesting. Uh, as soon as we rolled it back to level 1, we started kind of leveling up the characters, uh, you had perks and abilities that you could apply outside of the level, which made it a lot easier. Um, you controlled two characters and you could flip between them. The AI didn't seem that good. Um, and the game, it, it was one of these ones It felt like you'd experienced all of it in about 15 minutes. Right. So. Okay. Uh, and then finally, the sequel to Osa, the Insult Simulator. Yeah. So Osa, the Hollywood Roast. Hmm. So this is pretty much identical to the first one, but it's got a celebrity spin on it. So you'll see familiar faces, uh, unlicensed familiar faces. I was going to say, how have they popping up? To do that? Like instead of Conan <laughs> the Barbarian, you had Gronan. 
um, no, which <laughs> looked like done. a merge of all of Arnie's films. <laughs> it was like <laughs> half Terminator, half Conan, half... Yeah. Um, it's the same as the original, though. So you have a pool of words at the center of the screen. You pick a word, then the AI will subsequently pick a word, and you've got to try and build up a grammatically correct insult from the phrases available. It becomes tricky because you're picking from the same pool of words. So if you're thinking, ah, I've got like an and there, I can use that to extend my combo, then the AI suddenly uses it. And it can yeah, 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 screw remember. you up a bit. Um, it's quite good fun, though. Interesting coming up with some weird insults. Uh, it didn't seem to introduce any new mechanics that the first one didn't have. It was just the kind of overall theme and spin on it. Okay. Um, it's quite good fun, though. Okay, so let's do a new thing. Uh, can you rank this week's four in order of things you like the best? Whew, so, Yoko's oh, Island spot. Express, number one. Uh, <laughs> okay. Quality game, definitely recommend playing it. Uh, good fun, two genres that you don't think would work, but they do. Yeah. Um, Shift Quantum. Okay. A great puzzle game, bit mind-bending, and it's quite an easy completion, I think. I think you can rattle through it in about four hours and get over 1,000 games. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Hollywood Roast. Okay. It's and then Zam. Yeah, then Zam last. Okay. There's your recommendations. Thank you, Jack. Uh, next week, we are streaming Shaq Fu, A Legendary Born, Arigami Shadow Edition, Riddled Corpses X, and Milanoir. Exciting. Dave. Hello. Again. It's been a busy week for news. Well, actually, it's sort of mildly busy in the yeah, ramp up. Nothing really. It's a weird one. Um, so we've got a big, massive. E3 sale going on at the moment. I'm not even going to attempt to list everything because there oh, God, is... No, there's a <laughs> all night. I was hoping you are going to read it all out. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> absolutely tons. I, I haven't really looked at it in great deal myself, but I think they said there's up to 75% off mm-hmm. and there's quite a few kind of newer releases like Monster Hunter and things like that. So check that out. And I think if we haven't got them on site, but if you look on xbox.com, They've got sales on controllers and gold yeah. and game pass yeah, and all kinds of stuff. We've got all the software. They've got all the hardware. Yeah. Next uh, up. I mean, just looking at the very first line of the sale is Agents of Mayhem, the Total Mayhem Bundle, which is at a 75% discount. Now, Dave, you quite enjoyed that game. It's 10 bucks, £8. Uh, go and get it if you've not played it. That's, that's an absolute steal. Yeah. And there's more where that came from. So it's huge discounts. I was looking at the um, Battlefield Anniversary Bundle. That's got Battlefield 1 for Hardline, all the DLC for them. It's $40. Wow. Yeah, £36, 60% off. That's not bad. Yeah, so there's lots of... I definitely recommend going and checking the sales story. It's on the homepage at the moment. I wish they'd uh, do this in stages, because do you not feel that you've run out of steam by the time you're halfway down the list? Yeah, yeah. I just don't know what to Um, do. Even like the Far Cry 5 Deluxe Edition, which is virtually brand new and uh, i i think that includes the dlc that i just talked about um is 30 percent off as well so uh, there's lots of bargains to be had right now we find out the real reason you're playing skate yeah so rather randomly and without any kind of real announcement the servers for skate 3 and skate 2 both came back online this week um, I don't. Th- the, I don't think either game has ever had a, you know, an official like the servers are going offline. I know Skate Three; they kind of seemed a bit janky, like you could actually play online and skate around. But 
there's a lot of stuff to do with like teams and you know, challenges and stuff and it was hit and miss whether you could actually get the servers to work when you tried it's like they just gone down to one like little server that couldn't keep up so and then randomly everything just seems to come back online this week the only thing that isn't there there was like a website associated with it mm-hmm. where you could go and design you know logos and things like that that's still gone but all the actual was there an achievement tied to that or was that there is you can separate there is but you can still get it but it's a bit of a workaround you've got to have a friend who when the game came out had done this mm-hmm. and then there's an option that shows up just for like maybe 10% of your friends for some reason where you can import their skater into your game. So if you can find somebody who's got it, there's a solution on the site. There's a guy who's accepting friend requests and he'll, he'll let you add him, download it, then just delete him off again when he's when you're done. So. Boom. So why do we think this has happened? Uh, I mean, uh, two days before, or one day now, before EA's uh, E3 showcase. Definitely hoping it's foreshadowing and it's, uh, it's potentially a revival of the skate franchise. So it hasn't been a good yeah. skateboarding game for a while. There hasn't. No. So do you reckon Skate 4 or uh, maybe a Skate 2 and 3 remastered in a bundle or something? Ooh, it just seems like a weird... To bring skate the 2 and 3 remastered? I hadn't even thought of that. But with them, If they were going to remaster the them, there's stuff. no point bringing back the old ones online, surely. Well, yeah, maybe it's hard connected using the same servers. Mm, I think Skate 4. Yeah, I hope Skate 4. A remaster would be a little bit anticlimactic, but it'd still be good. We'll know more tomorrow, no doubt. Okay, next bit of news, Dave. This weekend, there is a free-to-play for gold members on NBA 2K18 and Destiny 2. Not playing much of NBA 2K, but I recommend Destiny 2. It's uh, If you've got time to rattle through a bit of the campaign, it's quite good until you have to do the, I thought it was the grindy yeah. stuff. Yeah, you won't make it all the way to the grind, I wouldn't have thought. Um, yeah, the, the single-player campaign's ace. Well, yeah. Um, a game... I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked it. I'll, I'll review that statement. Yeah, you, you just played it like a shooter, though. That yeah, it's, like the best, it's the best Halo I've played in years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season, has been dated. It's going to be available on... Or the first episode will be available on August the 14th. You're going to play as a more adult version of Clem this time, so you follow the whole journey from child like to Clem. adult. There's a pretty interesting thing that's worth doing. If you pre-order it, you get The Walking Dead, the collections, you know, the full Telltale series that mm-hmm. have Michonne and the other three seasons. Mm-hmm. You get that far free. Okay, nice. I think I already owned that about ten times. <laughs> yeah, I've got that a few that times. That was before. that was the bundle that came out just before Christmas. I think. Oh, so okay, it's the four thousand gamers game score. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Wow, and they're all different lists, aren't they? They're not. It, no, it's one big long list. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it's separate to the existing games. Yeah, yeah. Wowzers, four thousand so, gamer score up for grabs there, very very easily as well. Easy but long. <laughs> yeah, very long. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Maze D listings. So, sadly, some more games left on the Xbox One. We had Chivalry, Medieval Warfare, and the same on the 360. And then Call of Juarez Gunslinger. It went off, I think, in March, reappeared again in April, and has gone again now. So, <laughs> it's like a yo-yo. I don't know what they're doing there. Uh, and then this, I think one of them actually did come back on, which was XCOM Enemy Unknown. So... Not a bad news. 
Okay, um, there's a couple of bits of news that literally just dropped, uh, which we haven't had a chance to um, well grab into here. Uh, Crackdown 3 has been delayed until February next year. We sort of expected that, I think it's fair to say, considering the paucity of news has that around been that game. official yet? Uh, Windows was, Central. It was a Microsoft statement, I believe, on Windows Central. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was official. Right. Um, and the other bit of news is Hitman 2 last night was announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is quite exciting. There's a trailer and stuff all about that. So um, we'll get those new stories up ASAP, and you'll be able to talk about those. Um, we've had some back compact news this week, which we knew about already, but just to confirm, Jack. Yep. Uh, this week we had GTA San Andreas, Midnight Club LA, and Table Tennis go back compact. So something became a bit clearer. So San Andreas, they, was, they said that the 360 and the one ver- and the OG Xbox version were, all, were both back compat. Turns out if you put the OG Xbox disc in, it installs the 360 version. Okay, so you can get the which, achievements. Oh. Yeah, which but the problem is apparently that's the worst version of the game. So oh. <laughs> it's, it's not all good news. <laughs> um, there's a thread about uh, one of the achievements being glitched. Is, um, I think it's a game, just a game-breaking bug with the homecoming mission. Yeah, you can it, yeah. lock up or something. Yeah. Let's move on to the mailbag. E3-related mailbag. Oh, Captain Aid actually asked, "Will Crackdown Three actually get released?" So um, I guess they've put it back. What's that? Another eight months from now, February next year. So who knows at this stage? We, we all suspect they're probably working on a battle royale mode because that would make sense. Um, it has a bit of a bit of a Fortnite vibe to it anyway with the graphical style. I think that would probably save it, although everyone might be bored by Battle Royale mode to come February next year. There'll be yeah, a new, game, like, a new top problem. game type next year and they'll put it back another eight months to introduce that. Yeah. I saw, yeah. Um, I, think it, I think it was PC Games Ed reported that like PUBG's player count has like halved mm-hmm. since Christmas. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people aren't going to play the same game forever. You've got people move on, don't they? get bored um especially with something like that which is just a single well they've got a couple of maps now but very sim- single campaign style event okay so we think it will get released probably i mean we, when we played it last year it was pretty close to well it was fully playable it was a game did it feel it was, polished do you think there's not really. room for them to kind of up for graphics or anything notable that they they could be doing as opposed to just game mode because a game mode you don't think that'd take eight months to no well what we played was sort of um, a part of the map that was open there wasn't a great deal to do but all the mechanics were there I mean uh, maybe they're working on the you know they could be working on a big storyline they could be working on they've obviously delayed it for the right reasons well, hopefully. Well, we don't know that. <laughs> we don't know why they delayed it. Well, I delayed it because yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I expect it will get released. Do you imagine the amount of money they've already pumped into it? The fact that they've said it's delayed till next year rather than just canning it now means that they think it's going to come out. When did um, it actually get... Was it like the first E3 after the reveal that it got actually announced? Because it just seems to have been so long After the now. Xbox One X reveal? Yeah, like, I'm just trying to see when they look. For four years ago. It's 2014. <laughs> so, gee, so it's going to be five years. It's becoming yeah. Duke Nukem forever, isn't it? That was 15 yeah. years of development. <laughs> the weird thing is, it's not like it's a brand new IP where you'd think it would take a long time because they've got, although they're obviously ramping up all the assets, they had 
an idea of the game world. They had an idea of how the characters were going to work. I think initially what probably caused havoc was the console was obviously supposed to be always online, the Xbox One, wasn't it? And their big thing was they were going to spin up Azure servers in the background and have physics and stuff calculated on the fly in the cloud and then it that was just for the multiplayer, though, wasn't stuff. it? So it was going to be online anyway to play the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah I, I suppose it was in a sense. So I don't really know. Maybe that fell through, though, and especially stripping all of that out, if that did make its way into single player, would have been a nightmare. Whatever they managed to do with it, I can't believe it's going to be worth the wait. No. It's going no. to have to be the best game ever at this point, and I can't see that. At this point, I think it's going to come out, and it'll feel like a game that's two years old already at launch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Or five years old. Self, <laughs> um, right, Dave, let's move on to the mailbag. Okay, so the question of the week this week is from Delaroy. He asks, what can Microsoft do at E3 2018 to change the narrative surrounding the first-party situation other than announcing games that are going to be two to plus three years out? Going that route will inevitably lead to, well, they'll just cancel it anyway, comments. <laughs> <laughs> and then similar kind of question from Will, who said, what does Microsoft need to do this year to win E3? Okay, so I don't think, I think it's going to be a long time before anyone ever states that Microsoft has won E3, no matter what they do. I just think there's such a a positive PlayStation outlook to all of the games press. Yeah. Um, and there's always in people's, back of people's minds, it's Microsoft and they mucked up the Xbox One launch and we don't really like them because of that. Uh, so I don't think, I imagine that there won't be a single publication online apart from maybe ours and Windows. It says Microsoft is one E3. Um, I'd be prepared to put money on it. What can they do to change the narrative surrounding first party? Well, they could announce something that's going to come out this year. Uh, so I imagine Forza Horizon 4 will be this year, uh, assuming that that is coming out, which everybody in the world seems to think it is. Um, there will be a new Gears, I expect. We were talking about several Gears games, and there will probably be a new Halo announcement somewhere along the line. None of those things are going to win no. E3 for them or change the narrative because they're all existing yeah. um, existing titles. The only way they're going to change the narrative is, is to have a first-party game that's either a new IP, which is really really good which we won't know until it drops or they announce an exclusive for an old ip that everyone loves mm-hmm. uh, or both probably so we don't know if that's going to happen but fingers crossed that does happen and it doesn't necessarily have to be first party they could have you know done like the second party kind of route and got yeah, you know, exactly, a studio yeah. working on something exclusive that nobody knows about that's going to shock us yeah um, i'd love to see just something new like uh, even the, did you see? I can't remember. It was somebody, some one of the high ups at Microsoft, and they kind of quoted saying about the future of direction they're looking in. And even then, they're talking about services and online. And it's like people just want single player games that are really good. Yeah. Can we just do it, please? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I imagine. I think Sea of Thieves after the initial should we say, flat reception that it got from from quite a lot of quarters. There were some that absolutely loved that game. I've got a feeling that that is going to come back a bit and get a bit... The, the, the Hunger in Deep campaign as such seems to me a really good first step of getting people more involved in that game again. I've got a feeling that that's going to come back a bit stronger and will probably grow throughout this year. 
yeah, I think that was the plan. But the, to the, for to be E three, I just think that it's got to be something massive and like changing. Otherwise, people are just going to go okay. Yeah, no, I don't see anything happening with Sea of Thieves this like straight away. I imagine they'll cover it a bit, but I think that has a chance to to turn the narrative around for Microsoft that title. There'll be a load of idea Xbox stuff. There might be some cool ex- exclusives in there, like Cuphead. It's going to be the first, is it the first E3 without Cuphead or was that last year? <laughs> they might do a Cuphead DLC. <laughs> yeah, but they do. Yes, Cuphead two. Mm. We're saying that they cup two girls, one Cuphead. <laughs> two Cupheads, one girl. That's what it'll be. <sighs> yeah, we need IPs. We need new IPs. I'm sure they'll have one. I'm I'm reasonably confident that we'll have at least something. We've got to. I think, I think one, one other thing. way they could kind of change the narrative rather than uh, announcing IPs is to, uh, well, they could obviously um, announce that a studio is working on something, but acquire studios to work on stuff as well, which there's been mm. some rumors about. So, yeah, big rumors about them buying Playground this week. Um, not just rumors. There was a Microsoft director that seems to be involved in any of their buyouts that was added to the Playground board. Mm-hmm. I was uh, trying to look so, on Twitter to see if Ralph, who's like that, I think he's one of the owners, isn't he? I was yeah. to see if, if he'd splashed out in any new cars or anything. <laughs> 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 yeah. He'll be, he'll be driving for McLaren in the Formula <laughs> 1. It's the only way up from where he's going. So, yeah, that's that sounds like it's happened. We still don't know what that second game is, um, what Playground second, second Studio is working on. I imagine we might find out a bit about that. We nearly Sunday. found a publisher, didn't we? We don't know who the publisher is. Or, yes. Uh, and these, these well, rumors. one suspects that if they've been bought by Microsoft, they will now be a publisher no, but I mean, they, to Microsoft. When, when we, they were kind of talking initially, it was going to be like a, a, you know, a game that's releasing on everything, wasn't it? And then Yeah, kind well, of rumors, I imagine that plan may well be out the window now. Rumours pointed yeah. towards a fable or something, so that'll be... Mm. I'll have to see where that goes. But yeah, I mean, I'm not excited fun. about fable, but it's not my type of game. So we will see. I'm sure it'd be cool if we got some news on that on, on Sunday. I don't know if we will, but that would be that would be sweet to hear about. I'd love it uh, if they do announce a new IP, they don't try and crowbar in loads of random stuff that's their kind of thing at the moment. There's always like, you know, every game that comes out, there's always like, oh, so it's going to have to have a connecting or it's got to be play anywhere or it's got to be a service that carries on forever and stuff. Just make a game and make it good, please. Yeah. All I want. Uh, they'll all have battle royale mode. Yeah, it's guaranteed. Okay, next question. Okay, so Dave Crow, and uh, we forgot to call him by his proper title as the the savior of Minecraft last week. Wow. Um, he asked, "What is TA doing for E3? What can we expect to see on the site?" And he also wants to thank the news hounds in advance. Yeah, um, Dave, you've got our E3 schedule. I have. So we have got a ton of stuff going on more than ever before which will be great so we've obviously got the e3 hub that's on the home page now so that's going to be your home for all the news that's announced and i'm pretty proud of the coverage we do we cover everything whether it's the big announcements on the day or whether it's the smallest little game saying they're doing something on the like thursday in the mid show it gets covered so every, everything that's coming to xbox that's announced or detailed at e3 will be in that hub so check that out we've got the live blogs are returning so yeah, yeah, yeah. during each of the shows, and there's more this year because uh, Square are doing like a, it's going to be a pre-recorded thing, but it's going to be there, so we'll do it. We've got uh, the live blog will be on the homepage, so you'll be able to watch the stream. There's uh, the TA chat 
below that so you can sit, have a chat to other people and talk about what's going on. And then we'll have our blog, uh, Mark, who's our editorial manager. He's going to be there at the show and he's in the, the audience for, I think, most of these. So yeah. he's going to be sending cool pictures that we can put up on there as well and stuff. So that'd be pretty cool to check out and just Yeah, check. follow the um, actual achievement on Twitter for all his picks uh, and other news and exclusives. Yeah, he's doing the Xbox Showcase as well, so he'll be getting hands-on with a lot of the Xbox um, games as well. So uh, that's what it's saying. There's a couple of features that are already up. We've got the top 10 games to watch at E3. Uh, obviously, the E3 sale that's coming up. And we've got more little features going up over the coming days as well. So it's a whole load of stuff. Yeah, Our news um, team is very excited and scared <laughs> at the same time. We'll be tweeting as well, if that's your thing. We'll be live tweeting them. We've got a podcast that's going to go live on YouTube literally the moment that the Microsoft press conference finishes. So uh, the story that goes up later today has got the video embedded in there. You can kind of set yourself a reminder. So we'd love for as many of you as possible to come in and chat and ask questions while we're going through it all. Yeah. Um, Thursday, we're going to do our normal podcast. Well, our normal E3 podcast, so we'll go through the rest of the press conferences and chat about that. And then Friday, Rich isn't here, but Mark is going to be joining us, uh, for, uh, joining me and Jack. And we've also got Patrick Macker, uh, you know him as Macker91, with his video guides for pretty much every game under the sun. So <laughs> they're going to be coming on and talking about their kind of experience and hands-on gameplay e3 so there's loads oh and instagram as well so follow that on our instagram <laughs> we're gonna have pictures what's the instagram from address uh instagram.com forward slash true achievements okay well i might cancel my trip now <laughs> so much going on so yeah a lot and uh, i echo dave's uh sentiments thanks in advance to the ta news hounds and everybody else that's involved in bringing you the coverage that we do it's uh it's my favorite time of the year apart from gamescom because i'm actually at games uh, but <laughs> It's a good time for any gamer to uh, to be excited about. All right, next okay. question is from Matthew Goddard. He has loved listening each week. Thank you. Uh, what has been your best E3 slash other Expo moments in years past? And do you think anything this year will top these? He thinks it's hard to top the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake announcement from fifteen, but hopefully he'll be surprised. In recent times, the announcement of the back compatibility stuff that was a big deal i remember no one really saw that coming it was completely out of left field i quite enjoyed the reveal for anthem last year that looks exciting I'm trying to think of any like no sport games dropping moments um how bad the xbox one reveal was <laughs> people went uh, mental for scale bound and then that got canned oh yeah brilliant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i thought that just looked yeah quite ordinary um, I can't remember any massive ones. It all kind of merges into one, doesn't it? Um, yeah, well, at least for me. No one has any sleep, so it's all just a stream of videos. <laughs> Not to kind of belittle it, but um, Dave, any big memories from the last couple of years? Randomly, I don't know why there was um, a trailer for one of the Assassin's Creed games, and I think it might have been Revelations. And I just remember it appearing like, you know, I wasn't really expecting it. And I loved Assassin's Creed at the time. And it was a really good trailer. And I just remember sitting watching it. And I must have watched it about 10 times after it finished. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I was like, wow, I can't wait for this. And the game. I normally really enjoy the Ubisoft show. Um, I think theirs is always the best, to be honest, because yeah. they've, they've got a good range of IPs. 
And I think they're probably the one publisher who isn't scared to just come out with random stuff. Who'd have yeah. done far honor? Like, really, I don't think anybody else would. That skull and bones thing, who'd have done that and given yeah, that? Yeah, we should learn more about that actually this year. I think they the, always have like a surprise, don't they? they? Just totally left field that you don't expect. Yeah, I think, just dance 19. I think the EA stuff's generally quite good as well. You've obviously know you're getting your sports titles in there, but then they'll occasionally slip in some random stuff like the EA Originals stuff. You had yeah. um, Unravel. There was a, did they do a way out as well? Yeah, yeah. Showed that off. I um, I don't like the EA show now. They just spend an hour on Battlefield. Not it's got worse in recent years. I don't like the fact they now, now do it from two locations and they keep swapping between. Yeah, places. They, they so they we're going to jump to London. They jump to London for the NHL game. Yeah, like well, <laughs> yeah. no one in London even knows what that is. They do the random thing where they pull in YouTubers who are yeah, obviously that was the big, worst bit. They're obviously big YouTubers, but most. Adults watching it probably haven't got a clue who they are. And then they're always rubbish. <laughs> they look really wooden, <laughs> forget the lines and stuff. And it's like, oh. And the, I'm sure they'll do that again. They're kind of trendy with stuff like that. Yeah. Last year, it, it was the Star Wars, wasn't it? Star Wars Battlefront. There was like an hour of that. Oh, yeah. They do the shout casting thing that's just God. horrible as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, we try to watch and see what the game's about. And you got some guy going, What a kill. Can we switch, switch back to that? <laughs> oh, no, we can't because it's all pre recorded footage. Sorry. <laughs> um, Matthew was asking us what our favorite moments are. We've just gone to our least favorite moments. So, well, never mind. Um, I hope they do. Other other expo. Oh, you asked about other expos. Just going to Gamescom every year because it's the best. Yeah. Um, uh, when we when we announced the TA app, Xbox One app, when we were in the Xbox conference um, at Gamescom three years ago, four, maybe, maybe even four years ago, that was that was a highlight for me. That was awesome. Thank you, Matthew. Final question. Yeah, that would have been four years ago. So you beat Crackdown three. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, and it's a far better product. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Abraham Ruiz asks someone in Ubisoft. You can't remember who said there's only one console generation left. Do you think we are at the end of consoles? Um, phew, deep question, man. The end of consoles? No, I don't think we are. We might be at the end of brand new iterations of mm-hmm. consoles, but I think um, they will continue to to be a box under your TV that you use for gaming. I don't think streaming is going to be. I mean, that's the obvious step, isn't it? Everything's just you're streaming something remotely on a server somewhere else. I don't think we're anywhere near that yet. They tried that in the past with services like OnLive, and it worked okay, mm. but it wasn't wasn't great. It had the benefit that you could tune into somebody's game and kind of watch from playing without, um, without them actually streaming it because you could just stream it from the server, which was quite cool. But I think... People like having a console under their TV. They like having a box that they know they can put a disc in and it's going to work. Well, I'm not sure there will be like discs. That. That's what I was going to say. I think well, might be the end of discs. Well, like, it, will be the end of they, they know that it's going to be able to just play a game. If, yeah. You know what I mean? I think what we might see is TVs that have consoles built into them. Okay. So, obviously, Sony have their own brand of TVs. It would be easy for them to build a, a PS5 into them. The only issue with that is that um, TVs seem to be getting thinner and thinner, like a bit like phones. So there's not a lot of room. I'd, I'd like to see um, consoles move in the way of kind of modular upgrades. Yeah, like a PC. Which would be cool. So it'd be almost, uh, can you remember the Nintendo 64? It had a RAM expansion slot. Yeah, it, man. Which uh, yeah. is kind of like that, but it'd be amazing if you could buy a game and if you wanted better graphics on it, just unplug your graphics card, plug a new one in. 
Yeah. And it'd be quality. Yeah. I, th- I think we might actually be at the end. Like, because this is what's left on the Xbox One and PS4, probably two years or something. Then you'll have another console generation. That's yeah. going to be, what, another five, six years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're getting on for 10 years from now. I think the, the internet will be fast enough where streaming could be a thing for most people. We'll all be dead by then. There'll be a nuclear war. So it's going to the stage out. where internet's becoming a um, human right in a lot of countries, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah so. I, th- I don't think it can at the minute because there's a lot of places that you know just won't have the infrastructure mm-hmm. to do it. But, I mean, if you think <laughs> if you think about it, like in this part, we don't seem to have it here. Or I think there's a couple of places and it's really expensive. But there's like one gig internet and things. Yeah, yeah. Like, Korea. South Korea. I think they're up to like 10 gigabit per second or something stupid. So, I mean, at some point, it's going to be fast enough to support it. It wouldn't surprise me if we would just have like, I think there's still be a little box, you know, just some, a receiver or yeah, something. Yeah, Some hardware console. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I don't think it's happening anytime soon. So um, rest assured, we'll, we'll be enjoying our consoles for at least another five years. Um, new achievement list. Quite a few this week. Mm-hmm. Tons. Uh, so we've got Unrush, which uh, we talked about earlier, 32 achievements. Uh, Vampire, with 28 achievements, which looks interesting. Contemplating picking that one up. Uh, we've got Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition on Windows 10. Uh, this is a bit of a weird one. So it released with a 1,000 gamer score, but a lot of it's tied to in-game DLC that you've got to buy. Um, so that's been split out by the Game Info team. So it has 95 achievements for a 1,000 gamer score, but got various packs in that then we've got bloodstained curse of the moon with 15 achievements moto gp with 18 with 50 achievements mining rail with 48 yeah, achievements. Check, the videos. check the videos for mining rail this looks bizarre it literally yeah. looks like an on rails game and you're in a minecart doing nothing <laughs> yeah i think it's the lean mm. i think there's some leaning going on okay it's a shame that's not connect enabled and with a lean in. I know, I totally agree. And go and check out the achievement list. It's the most bizarre. I have a feeling it's not a UK developer or a US developer. No, quite play. a few typos, I think. But yeah. Um, then ACA Neo Geo Riding Hero with standard 12 achievements. Omega Strike with 24 achievements. Grab the Bottle with 15 <laughs> achievements. I think this is a puzzle game where you can. I feel like doing that. You control a, an arm which basically moves through a level. You've got to navigate it toward a bottle. <laughs> So well, I'm pretty I'm certain this is from this. This is from the the publisher who bring brought us such classics as Energy Cycle, okay, North and One Eye. Oh, okay. So Steam like released that, a so. statement saying that they'd allow any game to be published on their system. I think Microsoft might be yeah. on that on that same uh, level. Okay, uh, then we've got Millionaire or Miller Millenoir. Yeah, we're streaming that next week. 34 achievements. Uh, yet another Zombie Defense HD with 27 achievements. Warhammer 40k Inquisitor Martyr with 42 achievements. Battle Knights with 20 achievements. Slime Sand Super Slime Edition. <laughs> 83 achievements. And Magical Brickout with 44 achievements. Oh, man. Do you reckon Magical Brickout is another Arkanoid clone it, that I can get angry about in the Brick Brick It sounds style? like it. I'm all over it. It's made by Cunning all, Force all Games. All the achievements are uh, hidden. Yeah. This is a shame. It's not made by the, the other channels. Yeah, it is. It's, Ar- it's Arkanoid-ish. Okay. Except it's in a round... Oh, I'm going to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Cunning Force Games it's made by. Have they made any other classics? No, that's their only game. <laughs> okay. 
And then D- DLC. DLC. Uh, the Gears of War 4 June update hit. That's got 15 achievements for 500 gamer score. Elder Scrolls Online Tamara Unlimited had the Somerset DLC hit with six achievements for 300 gamer score. And the rest is just for different chapters in Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. Okay, there's 10? Yeah, 10, 10 chapters, it looks like. Wicked. Okay, um, new releases. I don't think we need to talk about. There's probably not much going on because it's E3. There's just Noir and Jurassic World Evolution actually comes out next week. Oh, we picked up a demo for that, mm-hmm. which is an E3 demo, which hasn't been announced. So you might be able to get your hands on that uh, very soon. Wicked. Uh, we'll be back with a live show on Sunday night after the Microsoft conference. Please join us on YouTube. We will release it as a separate podcast afterwards, but uh, come and join the fun. It should be cool. Tell us your thoughts on how well or poorly Microsoft did. Um, and then, yeah, and we might mention EA almost definitely as well because that's tomorrow night. So have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your E3. Be nice to the news team. They will be working their asses off to bring you all the stories. Rather than commenting all the girl and all the games that you don't like the look of, Save it for positive comments on the games that you do like the look of. <laughs> Let's all be happy bunnies this weekend. I've been Rich. I'm with Dave and Jack, and we'll speak to you on Sunday night. Bye-bye. Catch you Bye. later.